Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm your host, Sean T. Welcome to Trust and Believe. Today, you are going to go on a breathing journey. I am interviewing Niraj Naik. He was a pharmacist at the age of 24. And from his experience in the pharmaceutical industry, he decided to change his own life through his own struggles. You're about to hear an inspiring story and lots of education on how you can truly enhance your life through sleep, through meditation, and mostly through just following your own soul. Get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say it again. Huh? 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 What's up? He's better than Oprah. Come on, y'all. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Our listeners love a story that helps them trust and believe in who they are. This year specifically, right? This year specifically, for me, you know, the charge for me is, for myself personally, is about always forward. Just figuring out how in life you can move, always move forward and just be steadfast and abundantly, you know, controlling in your own thoughts and how you want to most push forward and i also have told a lot of my fit fam out there that for them this year is about taking control of their fitness because a lot of times we leave our results in the hand of a trainer or in the hand of a motivator but i'm sure as you know at the end of the day you have to be the one to take control over your of your life and over your life and yes. really be able to, to push forward. I mean, you have to 100%. be in control. And so I just want you to take me to a point in your life where you had to take control. You said to yourself, no one can do this for me. No matter how much motivation or maybe support I have on the outside, this is about me and this is about me, you know, con- controlling my own destiny. What was that point in your life? Wow, that's a fantastic question. I have actually got a very uh, compelling story to share just about that. So actually, um, I was a community pharmacist years ago, working in the UK. And it wasn't really my passion. It wasn't what I, something I really wanted to do. In fact, I'm a music producer. I'm a DJ. I used to run raves and things like that. And I lost that first business that I had uh, and ended up, going back to finish my degree 
and then went and became a community pharmacist purely because I had to pay the bills. But it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, that crash and burn from that old lifestyle, which was very hedonistic and wild and crazy. But to become a pharmacist was what it actually was become very disciplined. And it made me also see what the healthcare system is like firsthand. So it gave me a deep insight. And I, every day I would see, you know, sick people coming into a pharmacy, literally going away with shopping bags full of drugs every single you know, day. And I was shocked. I was like, is this really healthcare? You know, like I don't see people getting well. You know, so the odd person would be, you know, better. But most people on chronic, with chronic conditions, on chronic medications were not taking less medications. They were taking more. So it just didn't make sense to me, the entire system. And I'm a spiritually minded person. I, I did the music events because it was like going to church, right? You know, all these people celebrating in a room, celebrating life together. But uh, I felt a spiritual void in a pharmacy. It's very cold, very clinical. And you're literally like in a factory dishing out pills like a machine. Hmm. So... It didn't work very well for me. It didn't last very long um, in terms of my enthusiasm for the career. And I ended up actually getting very depressed myself. And I had a big breakdown. And I ended up actually getting dragged to a Tony Robbins event, um, of all things. Uh, and actually, I, was, I didn't know anything about personal development, self-help, or anything like that. And actually, in England, it wasn't really a cool thing to be involved with. But I got literally dragged to this event and it was the best thing that happened. Like it totally shifted my mindset. The last day was when it was the first time I ever heard anyone discuss lifestyle and how it can actually prevent disease. You don't get taught any of that in pharmacy. So I was like, right, well, I have a pharmacy full of sick people. If this stuff works, I'm going to prove Tony Robbins right or wrong in the pharmacy. And I did an experiment. And I started to change people's diets just by, um, I had like five minutes with the patient. I'd come up with an analogy, like a car. You're, you have a car, right? If you put the wrong fuel into the car, what happens? And, you know, they'd describe it. And I'd be like, well, that's what you've been doing. You know, you've been putting the wrong fuel into your super efficient bio engine for too long. And now you need to get the right fuel. So, and if, it, if you don't, you end up going to the mechanic, which is your doctor, to get your body fixed. And they really, a lot of people resonated with that because so many people have issues with their cars. So the people who took action on my advice dramatically shifted their health within weeks. And I actually started getting phone calls from doctors. At first I was like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. But they were like, wow, what are you doing? This is magic. Keep doing it. Keep going, keep going. So that gave me a lot of encouragement. Um, and I actually got fired from my first job. Anyway, I ended up getting promoted to one of the biggest corporations in the UK to carry out a project. I came up with an idea to deliver healthy shopping lists through their website. And they loved it. And they had a grocery and a, and a pharmacy in one. But six months into it, I don't know if you ever worked in a big corporation in the head office, but it's a rat race, man. It's cutthroat. Managers don't want you to rise above them. And I was the teacher's pet, you know. So I kind of got a little bit bullied and, and then eventually the idea never got came to fruition. And I got so disillusioned with humanity at that point. 
And I had literally a loss of faith in, in spirit, in God, you know, whatever you want to call it. And that was when I had a zap, boom, a lightning bolt of an illness that made me housebound for almost a year called ulcerative colitis. I was literally going to the toilet 40 times a day, you know, shitting blood. Uh, it was horrific. It was horrible. And the doctor who, the consultant basically said, there's no cure for this. You give me your medication for the rest of your life. Shut up, take the pills. So I was all right. This is, this is it. I'm, I'm just going to give up, you know. And I was at this very desperate moment because I lost faith in humanity. I didn't know who to trust, you know. I really didn't. Um, there was all this doom and gloom on, on the internet. Go on to Google and all you get is like forums full of sick people complaining about what they've got. Very little um, actual awareness of real plan to get healthy from this illness that I had. So they say God stands with gift of desperation, right? And literally I was so desperate and I prayed and by stroke of absolute fate, somebody came to my rescue, Swami Amikananda, she's a yoga teacher in the UK. She said to me that you've got an amazing gift here. If you can heal yourself without the medications, you'll be an amazing role model to other people, especially with your passion to help people and your scientific knowledge. So I was willing to just surrender to her advice. And I was like, okay, I'll give anything a go at this moment. And she taught me the foundations of pranayama, yoga, meditation, Ayurveda. And that put me on to a, like, a rabbit hole of learning as much as I could from about this stuff. Because the first things I tried, like simple breathing techniques, were so dramatically powerful. So that led me to also discover like supplements like colostrum, which is an amazing miracle healing substance, which literally just heals leaky gut very, very quickly, has wealth of science behind it. I've since helped so many people with this one uh, uh, um, superfood, which is just a miracle for, for so many people. And within a few months, I was back to full health. And I remember one day, like, uh, this, uh, so I, I started a business, um, which was music therapy, because I, I went back to my passion for music. And the music combined with breathing is a very powerful way, very effective way to change your state and get into these therapeutic healing states. And that led me to, I actually read a book called The Four Hour Work Week, actually, and at that time. And I was like, wow, this is it. I'm never going back to my job again. I'm doing this. So I didn't want to be a pharmacist. I knew that working in a cage like that was just not who I am. And having this new world open to me, this, this new world of the internet and location-independent business and, you know, where you could turn your passion into, uh, you know, a business that can really help people. And, and eventually I created um, at a, quite a, a, a big following through this therapeutic music and then I created a website called The Renegade Pharmacist, uh, which was to share all of this knowledge. Because so many people ask me, what did you do? What did you do? But there was this one moment where I just knew, like, to trust in faith, right? Mm. Which was, this guy calls me up from Langkawi in Malaysia. And he says, I love your name. At the time, I called my music, um, uh, like, my production name was Amaya. And he said, I want to call my spa after you. Uh, he was creating a spa, a wellness spa there. 
like a high-end one. And I'd love to play like, license your music for it. And I said, look, sure. I didn't know anything about licensing. And it was just a small spa in Lanka. I was like, look, just whatever. You can just have the music, do it. But just let me have free holidays, right? Yeah. To your, to your place. And he was like, sure, done. So we did a little deal and, and I, it was sounded, it seemed unbelievable at the time. It was like, what? Why would anyone? So weird. The law of attraction works, trust me. Mm. But if you do it right and you have action, the action in law of attraction is the important thing. So I ended up going to Langkawi, my first holiday. Had been housebound for over a year. Uh, you know, couldn't, didn't see anybody. And then I just worked on myself and boom, end up going to Langkawi and I had this three-hour massage with my music playing in this state-of-the-art spa overlooking the ocean. I was like, this is, God exists. There's no doubt in my mind. There's a higher force looking down on us. Even though sometimes it doesn't seem that way, I really believe that there's faith, um, uh, to have faith in humanity and spirit. Uh, that was, I have, I've had too many of these things in my life, you know, like, especially in the last 10 years since I've been on this path, too many signs and symbols of there is a positive spiritual force out there, but you have to believe in it and you have to focus on it. You have to take the right action. You have to choose to um, spot the clues that are out there and focus on them and use them as a guide, and, but constantly take consistent action towards a positive goal for the betterment of mankind. If you do that, that formula, people get successful. So many incredible things have happened, like as a result of just believing and trusting, you know, and having mm. a good strategy. Yeah. I love that. You know, believing and <laughs> trusting, that's, the, <laughs> that's my way of life. First, I want to say congratulations for trusting, believing, and being consistent. And like you said, the law of attraction is about taking action. I believe that when the secret came out, people thought they could have a vision board and then it was, would uh, miraculously, they would have this body, they would have this house, they would have this car. And then so many people started to become a life coach. And, uh, you know, I just believe that the action part wasn't emphasized enough for people to understand that they had to be consistent. So I just want to say congratulations and thank you for saying that because I just think that's such an important part of people's success, especially in the new year and people have these resolutions and these new goals. Mm. And um, I just want to say, you know, thank you for sharing and congratulations. But thank you. I do want to go back, especially to the pharmacy thing, because I remember I would, from being a young kid, I would walk into the pharmacy and I would see the white coats and I was like, wow, these people are so smart, which they are. I mean, you know, you know, educationally so smart. And then as I started to get older and you start to learn a little bit more about just the foundation of taking care of yourself, for me, it was just, it started out with just moving as you got older and, and doing yoga and be able, being able to be more balanced. And then it goes into the mind and then nutrition, it became this thing where people were taking medicines and, I saw people stop taking medicine and just start moving and they would be, would be better. But there are a lot of people out there right now that go into the pharmacy and they go every month or whenever they do their prescription refills and they would say to you, there's no way. Like, you're a pharmacist. You studied this. You know these drugs work. Like, why should I trust, why should I trust this method of 
you know, some people may call it holistic or just the method of believing. And what would you say to that person? Great, great question. I'm so glad you asked that. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm not like before anyone wants to try and take anything I've said in this conversation out of context. If this goes live and they take a little snippet of what I say, I'm not for the record knocking pharmacy doctors or any of the conventional healthcare. I'm not. That's what that is designed for. Is for the mass market. Is for the the general population. Okay. What I'm interested in is actually going towards optimum health. Okay, which unfortunately medications cannot serve properly because they're not intelligent enough yet. I'm not saying that they won't. Maybe they'll evolve to be so incredible that we'll have these nanotechnologies that can just transform our health, you know, instantly, and or machines or whatever. There may be. At the moment, we're way off that. You know, it's like. Uh, it's not even as good as the internet in 1998, you know, in terms of what, what it, how good it is for your health, uh, looking after your health. Because the results don't show that. It, it, you just have to look at the, like what, you know, medical errors are some of the, it's in the, like the top five of top deaths in the world, you know, causes of death in the world, medical errors. And that's mm-hmm. caused by over-prescribing or, the wrong drug or wrong treatment being given. So, you know, it can cause a lot of harm. It can do a lot of good. If used in the right way, it can save somebody's life. A drug can save somebody's life in an emergency. And we need to go back to Hippocrates, who said, first do no harm. Every doctor has to swear by this. So Mm. really, we should, and this actually is going on in the UK, where there's a lot more emphasis now on complementary care from uh, holistic, even Reiki is being used in the NHS in certain places. Uh, we try everything you possibly can uh, before you resort to the emergency treatments, right? Which are those medications and surgeries. And what you want to do is, um, if there is a serious emergency, say you get massive anaphylactic shock or something, right? If you have adrenaline injection, which is a, a medication, it's the pharmaceutical industry created it it can save your life in, immediately, right? So there is a lot of good that can be solved by pharmaceutical industry. But it's, where the problem comes in is when it turns into a business for profit. And actually another thing that Hippocrates said was never make profit in the sick room. If you, look, if you just look at that one statement, almost all of the problems in the world, I would say, very strongly have been caused now from the ability to make obscene profits out of sick people. Mm. Okay. Because it's led to the most powerful industries in the world. Having so much monopoly and power is unbelievable. And that doesn't look like it's changing at all at the moment and things like that. So, you know, Hippocrates has been ignored when doctors are meant to swear by it, the oath, the Hippocratic oath. And here's the other thing. Uh, so if you were to look at blood pressure, for example, we're told the average blood pressure is 120 over 80, right? right. That's what we're told. This is where they get, that, they get that number from. If you were to take the population's blood pressure, okay, you'll find it's actually like a bell-shaped curve, okay? 
where you get an average in the middle of 120 over 80. The problem with that is if you go into the doctor for a reading, you've got a bunch of people whose average normal blood pressure is actually higher or lower than 120 over 80. Guess what Gandhi's blood pressure was his whole life, most of his life? I want to guess. Um, I would say uh, lower. Okay, everyone makes this mistake. It was actually ah. 200 over 100. So don't worry, 200 over 100. So he had extremely high blood pressure most of his life. And he actually didn't want to, the doctors were freaking out. He didn't want to take any of that, their treatment because he didn't think there was anything wrong with him. And actually, uh, there's a simple checklist in Ayurveda, okay, for whether you're actually healthy. And that is, do you eat well, sleep well, shit well, piss well, quell, right? Are you happy? And do you not hate anybody, right? Then you are well. If you don't hold grudges as well, then you're well. And that's the Ayurvedic checklist. People freak out too much about their metrics all the time. Mm. Gandhi, when they did the post-mortem on his body, he was perfect. He had no issues of hypertension. So what did he die of? He died because of a bullet in his head in his 80s. So it's not the hypertension that killed him, right? So that's the problem we're getting. We're getting a lot of false positives when people go for health checkups, unfortunately. It's because the, 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 the industry is looking to create blanket treatment for the whole population okay the only way you can do that is through averages so what's your normal may not be somebody else's normal make sense this is why we have a lot of people getting on put on medications too soon uh, unnecessarily over prescribing and then that messes up with their natural chemistry and then they get side effects they need new medications and that becomes like a whole conveyor belt of over prescribing which is horrible know what's your normal what's your average what's your perfect like state and then once Mm. and you'll realize that we're all unique and individual and another thing with medications unfortunately and why knowing thyself is better than just giving up our hope in magic pills every single chemical you put into your body every single chemical is subjected to the first past effect your body sees it as a foreign entity and it's like I need to get rid of that as toxic that's not part of me and it puts it every chemical straight to the liver so your liver is doing its job to try and detoxify if you're taking lots of medications lots of chemicals your liver gets overloaded and actually what a lot of patients die of is it's called non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver it's where the liver gets inflamed and and you basically die of liver failure. That's one of the big causes of disease. So if you use natural stuff, nature, the body looks at it as actually beneficial and it knows how to deal with it. And it doesn't go to the liver. It, it, it's, it goes to where it should go. So nature is smarter. That's why herbalism was very, very popular back in the day. Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, you know, they, they don't use medications. In Ayurveda, the drugs are a last, last resort. They're like the final thing. We shouldn't just rule out medical system because it does save lives in emergencies, especially. But when it comes to chronic conditions as well, okay, like chronic high blood pressure, um, depression, uh, you know, autoimmune, 
um, at inflammatory conditions. The problem with it is that it's usually a spiritual issue. It's caused by spiritual disturbance. It means you're going off your energetic path, your, who you truly are. You're, you're going in the wrong direction. And your soul is going, try, like what, it's getting confused. Right? It's like trying oh, wow. to escape the body, leave the body. Right? Oh, and the other thing is <laughs> that if you hold on to things like hate and grudges, and if you hold on to negative emotions, right? when you start looking at the world with hate, envy, fear, jealousy, your cells get confused and they go into survival mode. Right? And epigenetics starts to play a very strong uh, part here in your health. And if you go into survival mode and, you, and your cells fear life itself, what happens is it starts attacking anything. That's the beginning of autoimmune. It starts to even attack its own cells, right? It sees everything as a threat. That's the beginning of autoimmune and other inflammatory issues. And it affects how you breathe. Your breathing rate goes very fast. When you breathe too fast, you hyperventilate, overbreathe, that's where the big problems. That's where... Um, my big focus is, is in correcting people's breath, stopping from over-breathing, optimizing their breathing, and using their breath to connect to spirit and to actually reprogram the, the cell's consciousness back to love, back to courage, back to acceptance, to peace. When you do that, magic happens. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There was something you said that was really powerful something like if your soul is going in the wrong direction it's i mean it just causes turmoil in the body and you know and it was something i think you had the perfect prescription no pun intended which was eat well sleep well shit well piss well well was something else you said and i just and you know you talked about the soul and i just think that Earlier, you mentioned, you know, where we are in the world right now. And I believe that's it. I not necessarily been struggling myself, but from the outside in, I'm struggling with why people aren't understanding that if I'm yelling and you're yelling, no one's listening. It's just impossible. You're just you can't hear when you're screaming. And so I just think it's really important for people to hear that, hear that message. And for me, one of the most powerful words is love. And, mm. you know, when my husband, Scott, and I get into a disagreement, the first thing he says every single time is he says, first, I want to tell you I love you. And for the longest time, I used to be like, you don't need to tell me that. I'm like, I already know. Because we're huh. on the same page, right? But he feels like he needs to say it. And I was always like, well, that's a given. And we both are thinking that way, but he stated it. And, and so now it's just kind of, we have this little joke of like, okay, no, go ahead and say it because it really balances out, balances us out. And, it, and we become, 
we just get back to one much quicker, you know, and understanding that word. I 100% love that you said we can't just, you know, forget about medicine because it can save your life. But at the end of the day, these stressors that we are having in our lives are causing us to whether you have the high blood pressure, the low blood I mean, it just, it just creates turmoil in your body. And so um, I just want to thank you for validating that for a lot of people because for me, going to therapy and finding a new therapist recently has just been incredible and amazing. About a year ago, Sam, who, uh, who does stuff for our company, who found you for us, um, hmm. He introduced me to box breathing and mm. I was always like, yes, I understand that taking a deep breath and, I, and with fitness and exercise and running track and all that stuff, I just knew how important it was to breathe, but I really only understood or equated good breathing techniques was going to enhance my lungs or my exercise or enhance my recovery time, right? Once he had me practicing box breathing specifically, at first, I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. And then I got into this thing where I couldn't sleep at night. And I just said to myself, I'm going to try this box breathing thing. I'm just going to try this at night. And without a doubt, every single time, I would get what I would call two full box breaths in, I was passed out. I would... <laughs> Every, and every time when I began to breathe that way, I was like, this isn't going to work. You know, like, I'm like, this is, it's impossible. I'm like, this is impossible. It was the most incredible thing because it just relaxed me so much that within two of those cycles, I was asleep. And I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper into that because I believe that when you talk about the breath, it is such a healing thing and it can help so many people out there, especially people who don't know what it's like to just relax their mind and get the, the right amount of rest. Yes. Great, great feedback. Well, I'm going to like attempt to give you a scientific understanding of why box breathing works and also talk about sleep, right? because it's very misunderstood sleepers. So I'm gonna explain to you what I know and obviously do your own research, but I've actually changed my complete opinion about sleep, right? And mm. how much sleep we really need. So let me, let me explain. Firstly, like with the box breathing, what was the pattern you were doing? Inhale five, uh, okay. hold five counts, and then exhale for seven. So I would inhale, okay. hold, so extending the exhale. Extended right. the exhale, yeah. So you're, do you're doing basically five in, hold five. So exhale seven. 10 seconds and then seven. So 17 seconds. And then four, five hold. And then 17. So 22 seconds for each breath, right? Correct. So actually what you're doing is you're, you've slowed your breathing rate down to around three breaths per minute. Okay, so... I'll give you, let me give you uh, a, a, a background to breathing science, okay? okay. Which is what's the foundation of what we, what we teach. Basically, pranayama was invented 
by studying animals in nature thousands and thousands of years ago. Okay, that's how it was developed. And they found that animals that live a very long time, like elephants and turtles, they actually have very slow breathing rates of like two to four breaths a minute. Okay, like a, a, a whales have even slower breathing rates. Okay, and they live like over a hundred years. Now, rats and mice have very fast breathing rates, um, and mammals uh, like them, they have very fast breathing rates around. Uh, 40 to 100, 150 breaths per minute. Okay, and they live like one year, one or two years. Okay, now there's some anomalies to this rule. The naked mole rat. The naked mole rat actually can live up to 30 years, free of disease. Okay, even like they they don't get cancer, rarely get cancer. They get it's so hard for them to get sick. Okay, and guess what's different between them and normal rats? They can hold their breath for like 18 minutes at a time, and they live predominantly in underground in a hypoxic environment, right? Wow. Low oxygen environment. So then, humans, we have the conscious ability to control our breath. We can be like rats. We can be like naked mole rats. We can also be like whales. The bowhead whale lives over 200 years, and it can hold its breath for two hours. Okay. So there is a correlation between how long you can hold your breath and your breathing rate and longevity, right? It's pretty apparent in the animal world, okay? And scientists like us, we usually do experiments on animals because there's a good chance if it were animals, especially rats, that's where we do a lot of our pharmaceutical experimenting on. It's going to work with us, okay? When we go into human trials, that's why we do it with rats. So I'm very certain in this uh, wisdom that comes from pranayama. I'll tell you why. In more modern times, there was a guy, amazing doctor called Doctor Buteko, uh, who was in Soviet Russia, having incredible success with reducing his patients' breathing rates, right, and noticing that when he forced them to breathe fast, the symptoms of their disease would get a lot worse. When he slowed the breathing rate down, the symptoms would diminish. So he saw this. He also used reduced breathing techniques to uh, cure his own hypertension. And this was a scientist, a doctor who was responsible for the Soviet um, space missions. He was the one who studied the right oxygen carbon dioxide ratios for space space travel. So this was a very smart guy. He's not some ordinary dude, right? <laughs> And here's the thing. Um, he get where he, guess where he learned all this from. He got it from yoga. He got it from studying pranayama. Okay, wow. so in more modern times, okay, I have been taught reduced breathing techniques from pranayama and gone very deep into it and realized that pranayama is a complete system of making you super efficient using oxygen, so you need less oxygen to make the same amount of energy and to uh, also uh, lower the amount of oxygen you take in and to raise your carbon dioxide. Now, there's a reason why you need to do this, okay? Super important. Okay. Basically, there's a guy coined the term oxidative stress called Helmut Sees. He's a top scientist, and he's the one who studied like redox chemistry a lot, which is this problem of oxidation from oxygen. He says 
although it's very difficult to live without oxygen, like you don't last very long, it's also very difficult to live with oxygen because of oxidative stress. He says that, he shows that scientifically. So the problem with our health is actually oxygen, not carbon dioxide. We've been told carbon dioxide is toxic waste gas that we must get rid of. And so we must deep breathe all the time. Deep breathing does not equal health. That's a huge misconception. There is an oxygen paradox, right? We are told oxygen is this miracle healing stuff. Yet, if a doctor makes the wrong uh, measurement with giving oxygen to a patient, he'll kill that patient because of oxidative stress. It's a known thing. In fact, with COVID, when you're supplementing patients with oxygen, you have to be super careful because you could kill that patient very easily with too much oxygen. Okay, so that's a big problem. And also, uh, we've been told that deep, heavy breathing leads to health. Actually, it's all about slowing your breathing. Okay, and there's a f- another incredible gas that we need to talk about nitric oxide. It's produced in the navel, nasal cavity and by nasal breathing. All right, and when you hum, when you do humming, you produce seven times more nitric oxide. It's a bronchodilator, a vasodilator. And it helps get oxygen to where it needs to go into your uh, tissue cells. Okay, and carbon dioxide is also responsible for getting oxygen from your red blood cells into the tissue cells. It's called the Bohr effect. Okay, mm. it's a very important mechanism that gives your body an intelligent way to deliver oxygen to where it needs to go. Okay, so we need carbon dioxide. We need nitric oxide. Now, why do we lack it? And Dr. Butega said we chronically hyperventilate as a population. We, we are, when we are stressed out, the modern world is very stressful compared to when we were, uh, you know, living in like a kind of a nomadic uh, environment without any stimulation. Yeah. Uh, the emotional stress creates a demand for oxygen that is more than we actually need because we're not burning it. We're just thinking and we are our worrying mind makes us produce adrenaline and we go into fight or flight mode, we end up using more oxygen than we actually need, breathing more oxygen than we need. We hyperventilate. And one other problem happens is we start to breathe through our mouth. And a lot of people just naturally breathe through their mouth. Okay. Now, we were designed not to breathe through our mouth, but to breathe through our nose. We should breathe through our nose. What does nasal breathing do? It slows the air right down. It also prepares the air for absorption into the lungs. And it also produces nitric oxide. So the nose is how we should breathe. Okay. And Buteco found that just by changing from patients from training them to breathe through the nose rather than their mouth, he would see amazing results. Okay. So pranayama is also the same. It's all about nasal breathing. You should rarely use your mouth, only in certain intense yoga uh, techniques. And so there's a strong correlation with all of this slowing your breathing rate down. And overall, if you do the right pranayama techniques, this is what I've developed with Soma Breath, you can actually lower someone's um, demand for oxygen, slow their breathing rate down to like two to four breaths per minute. You know, if, if you do like four to eight breaths per minute, you're doing really well. And there's a measurement to see how healthy somebody really is, which is very quick and easy. And we're going to do it right now. You up for it? Okay. Okay. I am so up for this. All right. So this will determine your body tissue oxygen level because 
Okay. When you breathe in oxygen, it goes into your lungs, goes into your red blood cells, binds to the red blood cells, but it has to go from your red blood cells into the tissue cells. That's where, that's where the energy is produced in the mitochondria, okay? okay? And we have a little fire going on in the mitochondria. Oxygen burns, uh, glucose, it, it combusts to create like, it's like a fire, the same equation of fire. So too much oxygen produces too much energy, too much fire. So we have this inner fire going on. ATP is the, is the currency of yep. energy in our body that drives life. If we don't have enough oxygen, it doesn't burn at all. So we need the right balance, okay? But fire is oxidative. It can burn, it can corrode, it can combust, it can cause damage. So, um, and the same thing happens in your red blood cells. If you have oxygen stuck to your red blood cells for too long, you can actually cause oxidation and inflammation and arterial plaques form and, and thrombosis to get heart disease. Actually, heart disease is the biggest killer in the world. What we need to do is get the oxygen from your red blood cells into the tissue cells, okay? But that requires carbon dioxide. It requires nitric oxide. If you don't have enough carbon dioxide, um, and we have a carbon dioxide tolerance. If we, see, unfortunately, we, we are all kind of been engineered out of carbon dioxide tolerance through life, through modern living. And carbon dioxide is what triggers your brain to need to breathe again. It's also what creates calm in your brain. So if, if you have a very active mind, it's hard to go to sleep. If you have the right amount of carbon dioxide, it switches off the erratic thoughts, the electrical impulses, and your brain calms down. That's why box breathing, like what you did, you're raising carbon dioxide because you're slowing the breathing right down. The cells has more of a chance to breathe and you build up more carbon dioxide, but you're slowing the amount of oxygen you breathe in and you're slowing the amount of carbon dioxide you breathe out. Because every time you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen. Every time you breathe out, breathe out carbon dioxide. If you're heavy breathing, you're breathing out massive volumes of carbon dioxide and you're messing up this ratio of carbon dioxide oxygen. And that can make you feel lightheaded. So box breathing helps you because of this thing, because you're raising carbon dioxide. And also that soothes and calms the nervous system. You can go to sleep without medication. Okay. You know, so, yeah. <clears throat> I know we're going to, I know you're going to do more, but I just wanted to say one more thing that, you know, from when I, since I started box breathing, even when I'm on the tennis court in like a very intense point that is going on and on, when I stop, you know, I, when I stop, I used to be like, you know, now when I stop, I find myself only here. I'm just, I only breathe in it from there because, and then my recovery happens much faster. I'm just saying like, I don't know if this is right or not, but this is just naturally what my body does. And I realize that my recovery time is insanely different. It just feels different more than anything. Yeah. You got it, man. It's, you're getting the carbon dioxide is essential with the nitric oxide to recover, to get the oxygen to tissue cells and to um, recharge your cells. So you're doing exactly the right thing. Absolutely. You've re retrained yourself, which is phenomenal. And lots of people don't do that and they struggle and they can't recover. Okay, so the acid test for your health is this. It's called the breath hold time. And the way you measure your breath hold time is... You're going to be at rest. The best thing is to do this in the morning. We're going to talk about sleep in a moment. But you're going to be at rest. 
and you're going to be um, breathing through your nose, okay? And you're just going to come to a, it's just a short inhale, very slight inhale and slow exhale for like a few seconds, 30 seconds, okay? I'm going to time how long you can hold your breath at rest, okay? So you're going to, in a moment, take a normal inhale through your nose, exhale through your nose, but you don't force your exhales, just relax. So you're, you're going to allow your muscles in your abdomen to completely relax on every exhale you take. So you're going to just breathe in like this. Pinch your nose at the end of your exhale and remember to be relaxed and hold your breath until you get the first big urge to breathe. When you get that big urge to breathe, right, your next inhale should just be a slight inhale. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't, you know you've gone too long with your breath hold when you're gasping for air, when you're like, oh, right. <laughs> but you have to use your mouth, okay? That shouldn't be like that. It should just be a, a relaxed inhale for at least two more inhales afterwards, okay? Okay. You ready? I'm ready. So, so three, two, one, inhale, exhale, and then pinch your nose. Oh, 22 seconds. So that's quite average. Could you have gone longer? Yeah, I could have gone longer, but I didn't know. I was like, I didn't want to feel like I had to take too much. I I wasn't gasping. I just didn't know if I should like, I didn't want to be like, (gasps) you know. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you probably could have, I think you might have done it a little bit soon. You, you are in the average range, okay? I mean, I could do it again without, like, I just yeah. didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want to, like... <laughs> well, you're on the po- spot like, at the moment. We're also on the spotlight, you know, yeah. you've just been talking. Talking actually releases a lot of carbon dioxide. So, you know, this isn't an ideal situation. You should do this actually in the morning. And you're average at the moment, but I'm sure if you were to do this... Properly, you're probably um, 30 or 40 seconds at least. You're around average, like you're at 25 seconds. So that's cool. Um, okay. Now, here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, let's talk about sleep. So actually, the morning is the time we should do most of our reduced breathing exercises. Here's why. Um, we actually, if we are very optimized, if your breath hold time is uh, over 40 to 60 seconds, you'll find that you only need two to four hours a night sleep. Super healthy yogis, superhuman yogis, only sleep two hours a night. They've hacked sleep, right? It's, it's magic. They may have a power nap during the day, like maybe one five to 10 minute power nap, but I've noticed the more I've been doing this, my sleep has reduced. I only need five, six hours sleep. And here's the thing. When you wake up, you should wake up not feeling tired. You should um, feel refreshed. You should be energized. You should also be able to not remember your dreams. You know you've had a good night's sleep when you don't remember your dreams. Okay? It's when you haven't slept like properly deep enough you start to remember like the 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 dreams from the the dream state that you go into so light sleepers tend to have very vivid dreams heavy deep sleepers they don't really remember their dreams so much so but you can hack that obviously you can go into lucid dream states understanding that that um you can go into a semi waking state right and and go into lucid dreaming world but that's a whole different conversation but when you were taking the, the medication and wake, and you were doing it because you were waking up too early, right? You thought you were, how many hours sleep were you getting? At the time, maybe like four and a half. It was like four and a half. And then I'd be like, oh, you know, like Did I you wake up feeling, health, you were fe- waking, waking up feeling horrible. Sick. Like I would feel like sick when I would wake up and I was okay. just like, this is like the worst. I will say that now, though, if, you know, so my husband and I, we have this this kind of like team teammate teamwork rule, whereas if we we fall asleep anywhere from like 10, 30, 11 and anything before four o'clock, he will like tend to the boys. And I'm always like once four o'clock hits, I'm completely fine. Like from if I if 11 to four. I literally can wake up and jump out of bed and do a workout and I don't feel crazy at all. Every, uh, and I wake up and, I, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because now, I, f- I mean, I, I feel like when I wake up now, I'm just like, I need to go back to sleep. You know, I'm just like, and I, and I kind of stress that I'm awake, but I'm actually like, you want to hang out? <laughs> like, you know? Exactly. So, so, dude, you've hit the nail on the head. You only need four hours. You, you only need probably five hours sleep a night, okay? Because you are optimized with your health. You're, you're probably much healthier than you think, you know, <laughs> with your sleep. Um, yeah. And you should wake up feeling energized and active. Now, here's the thing. Did you know most heart attacks happen in the early hours of the day? So four to seven in the morning is when heart attacks wow, happen, when that. people die in their sleep from heart, heart attacks. All right? That's, it's called a morning, and the result is because of morning hyperventilation. And almost everyone, only 10% of people don't have morning hyperventilation. But 
during that breathing becomes heavier. That's why they say to do the reduced breathing exercises when you wake up, okay? And this will mean, especially if you just focus on nasal breathing, you'll quickly uh, correct that morning hyperventilation and become very energized. You'll be able to go and work out. You'll be able to do anything, you know, and you'll, you, won't, you won't feel tired the whole day. And when you oversee, let's say somebody wakes up at four in the morning, five in the morning, and then they get this morning hyperventilation, and then they go to sleep in that state, it's very harmful to their health. And often, I don't know if you found this, you actually uh, wake up, go back to sleep, and then when you wake up again, you feel lousy, even worse. Um, like you, so, and it takes you ages to get back to normal. Yeah. So, And that is, this is so crazy yeah. because I wake up at four. Yeah. I, like I told you before, I'm in it. And then I'm just kind of like, well, I don't need to be awake. And then I go back to sleep. And then my kids get up around seven. And I'm... I'm back in this state of like how I felt when I was going to bed at night, you know, when you're trying to in that state of like, I'm sleepy. And, but there, if there are times when I wake up at four and I, and I just, I say to Scott, cause I, you know, you know, it's your spouse and you don't want to be like, I'm getting out of bed. And he's like, what's wrong with you? It's four o'clock in the morning. You know, sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to go downstairs and I don't, and when I go downstairs or if I like, you know, I kind of like to spend my time at a certain time of day, that, at that time in the morning for myself, I am wide awake. And I used, and I was just with my tennis coach before we did this podcast and we were talking, he was like, you remember last year we would get up at, um, he's like, we would start playing tennis at 5.30. I would get up at 4.30 in the morning. I was on a tennis court at 5.30 and I was, I was not tired. Like I didn't get to, I mean, you know, I have sometimes I have an afternoon kind of like nap that I take, but it's like 10 minutes. But, um, anyway, it's just, it's just so interesting. We're talking about this because it's tomorrow morning. If I wake up at four o'clock and I'm gonna tell Scott, I'm like, I'm going to get up. Like I need to get up and I'll be back when the boys, when I hear the, you know, them rummaging around. <laughs> Amazing. So I would love to create a breathing, uh, kind of plan for you. And oh, please. I, I, uh, so we've just launched Soma Breath Fit. It's my breathwork course for fitness, for health. All right. So there's different types of breathing and breathwork is a misunderstood thing. Like actually it, breathwork is associated with like holotropic and rebirthing and these heavy, fast breathing techniques, which actually cause damage. And people make, conf- if, if it's done as a chronic thing, if you're doing it as your healthy breathing patterns, which people get confused, they think when you're doing holotropic or rebirthing, hyperventilation should be your normal day-to-day breathing pattern. It's wrong. And actually some of those instructors make huge mistakes promoting that as a healthy breathing pattern. It's completely wrong because it encourages mouth breathing and hyperventilation. It's meant for getting into out of your head. If you hyperventilate, you literally invoke a near-death experience. That's why you get these psychedelic DMT-like effects. When you die, you produce massive amounts of DMT. That's what takes you into the afterlife, you know, the weird, crazy transition that goes, DMT is a part of that. Um, So holotropic and rebirthing are meant for psychedelic experiences, not for healthy breathing. Pranayama is the science the breathwork school for healthy breathing. But in pranayama is like a library of different techniques. And 
the higher yogic rituals, which are these like that use heavy breathing, fast breathing patterns, like breath of fire, you may have heard of stuff like that. They are for people who have already done the work to prepare themselves to be able to handle those sorts of, which means improving your breath hold time to 40 seconds, all right, at least. This is what we're going to do with you. I'd love to, 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 to work with you to help you get to those peak performance states because I think you're already there and with, your, with the correct morning routine, you're going to be like a super yogi, I reckon. Let's freak. I'm, I'm so excited for many reasons, but just because a lot of what you're talking about, it's what I feel like my body naturally wants yes. to do. And even with my fitness and when I'm able to like, slow, I, you know, slow down my breathing and then the time that I wake up in the morning and it's, it's I really want to try to embrace that a little more, especially because right now I'm about to go into um, a big production for my next program. And a lot of times when I'm in that state of production, it's like I would find it hard to go to sleep or if I have to get up early and I'm thinking about all this stuff and I really feel like this is kind of that final piece of the puzzle where I can say I can really relax through this experience and utilize my energy in the right way. Um, so, yes, you, tell me what to do, how to do it, how to approach it, and I'm here for it. That'd be amazing. No, I'd love to do it. So, uh, I mean, I can give you our our course to to test out and we can do a couple of one-on-ones because it will take a bit more time than maybe we've got on this podcast but we can go really deep but the first thing is to listen to your body as you said like we've put too much of our trust and faith into the outside world and forgotten to listen to our own instincts you know we're instinctive intuitive super intelligent people humans are incredible but only if we listen to ourselves, right? Because remember, there's no one size fits all. So when they say, oh, you must have eight hours sleep, that's for people who are unhealthy, who have bad breathing patterns, and are probably on a junk food diet, which is the majority of the mass population. We don't want to be there. If, if, if you want to move out of that and improve your life, you've got to start thinking like and acting like real humans and look at studying the superhuman yogis and study success. You know, look at the peak performers in the world and look what they're doing. And you'll find that you can then learn from them and use the stuff that actually resonates with you, your own feeling. So, you know, some people may need more sleep than others. We're all different. So in the Ayurvedic system, you have different energy types. This is something else that is on our breathwork course is how to determine your energy type according to the Ayurvedic system. And a heavy person, like a heavy set person, is a kapha energy type. They actually sleep deeper and longer, naturally. A vata type, like me, who's very skinny and slim, easily loses weight, is a air, air energy. We um, are more fast with our metabolism. We tend to have less sleep, need for less sleep. And the pitta types are somewhere in the middle. You're, I think you're like a pitta vata maybe but you're more pitta i think uh but there's a, a, a very simple questionnaire that you you do quiz that determines what you are and it'll be really good to see find out what you are but i think like so the va- the vata pitta types don't need as much sleep as the kapha types that's why we're not 
the same as everyone else. You know, we should not be put in a box, you know, with, and we're all unique, we're individual. And the real advancements with healthcare will come when it comes to customization. When we start learning how to customize, not according to genetics. Genetics doesn't mean anything, actually. Genetics is just a, a framework, right? Epigenetics is way more important. The environment you're around, you know, um, who you surround yourself with, the school you went to, you know, mm. the, the food you put into your system and your gut microbiome and all these factors. So, like, I don't, I'm not into all this genetic. Uh, advancements in healthcare either. I think we already have the best biofeedback device. It's our own intuition, our feeling, how we feel. Mm. It's the best. So we just need to learn how to tap into that. You know, that's one thing Wim Hof really talks about and I love him for is we need to get back into our bodies, man. We need to get back into our feeling and feel, I love it. you know, the power, you know, uh, and trust ourselves. Okay, so I'm going to say this and I'm going to ask this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do this course and I really would love to right now commit not just to the course, but I do the course and when I finish filming this program, I'm done in March. How long is the course? How long is your course? You're going to get results in seven days, but if you do it for a month, you're going to have a huge transformation. Okay, I am going to in about a month from now maybe five weeks or so i'm going to be heading into the shooting phase so next week i'm going to start my kind of prep phase rehearsal it's kind of like my preseason, if you will and then a month from now or so i'm going to start i'm going to head into the shooting phase where it's the more intense and i would love even if it's for you know, 15 minutes where for us, I think it may be 30. If you, if we could just kind of do a follow up with this, cause I just yes. think it would be so incredible for me to do it for what I like to call my fit fam to witness me going through this transformation. And the reason why is I've dedicated from in July and people have heard me talk about this a lot. I've I had a boat jet ski accident. A boat wow. hit me while I was on a jet ski wow. and it just really rocked like every cell in my body and emotionally. And I've been on this recovery journey and I really believe that this is just going to be such an incredible enhancement to yes. what it is that I'm already trying to do. And I, <sighs> I mean, I'm just so excited. We, I want to put the site to the, to your course in our show notes because hopefully some of you out there will do this with me. Um, yes. I just think it'll be so important for all of us. And I, in a month from now, I think that we should definitely get back on and we check in and we just Amazing. talk about it because I just feel like I'm on the right path of the understanding of it. And I just know that committing to something like this is going to truly enhance my life. And then I got to tell you something else that's just like so deep and so personal. So a few weeks ago, I was just in this like really, really stressful state. And I was just like really going through it. And it was just like a bunch of different things. And I actually reached out to uh, this men's group here in Phoenix, Arizona to, you know, just start some new counseling and new therapy and really trying to you know, work through that. And because I'm traveling, they don't do virtual stuff. So I was just like, 
you know, I'm going to try this better help. I've, I've heard of better help therapy, you know, betterhelp.com or whatever. And so, but I believe that what I'm going to embark on with you again is going to really enhance that because I am a person that really likes to connect to my emotions. I've been told so long in my life, like, you know, don't get too emotional or, you know, and it's, it really, from a young age, it kind of made me fight against what I really feel. And now I really fight for what I feel. And I just believe that this could really help kind of balance me out, especially with, mm. you know, just what I'm going through in my life at the moment. So I would love to do this and, and, and meet back up in a month to Amazing. just talk about the progress. Yeah, this is a great way to balance emotions, really learn about what your true feelings are and to take the right action and make the right decision. Ultimately, we want the results, right? That we want, right? And what comes before results? Actions. But this is the outer world and most coaches work on this part, is the outer world. And they give you strategies and new actions to take. But a lot of people would do that, but they still just keep getting the same results or just slight improvements. Now, what comes before an action? It's decisions. And those decisions mm. are in your inner world, in your thoughts. And before the decisions are thought, where do thoughts come from? They come from feelings, emotions, and that comes from your physiology, your endocrine system and nervous system. So where we work and where the breath works is on that physiological level. So by just fixing all of that stuff, you solve all of this cascade of events that happens before the result comes in. And that's, where, that's why I believe your results in all of your areas of your life are going to go boom because you're working on the, the core of where it all comes from, the breath, which is your energy because pranayama means energy control, right? And if you look at the Vedic system, it's quantum science. E equals M, M according to quantum science. Energy equals matter. A duality, Advaita philosophy, it's the same thing, right? And... That means energy and matter exist, coexist at the same time. So if you manipulate the energy within, okay, energy is, emotion is energy in motion, then you are basically in charge now of the inner world, right? You can take control consciously. There's actually a psychology today article all on this. Free will is, actually lies in the realms of your breath. Otherwise, we're unconscious and we're on autopilot. But with the breath, we can take control of free will. It's an amazing study they did that in psychology today about free will and breathing. And the exhale is the trick, is the hook. And you can actually tap into your own. I usually do a trick where I show you how I can raise my heart rate 30 breaths, uh, beats per minute and, and down by 30. I have this device. But it shows you just with your breath, you can tap in to the inner world, the autonomic nervous system. And through that, if you can in, influence the inner world, you can actually create an alignment with the outer world. That's yoga. Yoga means the union. It's the union of the inner world with the outer world. That way you can create peace, equanimity, acceptance, and be in your flow wherever you go. That's basically mm. what yoga really was about. I do like to ask my guests, you know, how can, well, what is your definition of trust and belief and how can people instill that in their, in their lives? One of the easiest ways to create trust, in my opinion, is to model success, right? Part of the, the um, equation is you've got to have trust within, but you've got to also have a strategy 
for getting what you want. Let's say, let's break it down. You want to get, you want to achieve something in your life. Say you want to make a million dollars. So what you want to do is you want to look at all the people who are making a million dollars right now, right? Who are millionaires. And you want to just basically model what they do. You look at their strategy. If you go to a financial planner for advice on this, who uh, has never made a million themselves, but they're trying to give you advice on how to make a million dollars, then you're going down the wrong path. How can you trust that path? Same thing goes with your health. If you are taking advice from somebody who can't even look after their own health, right? And they're looking fat and overweight and chain smoking, and depressed. How can you trust that person for the right advice? You'd want to find people who are healthy, happy, strong, living their best life for health advice because you want to be like them. That's health. So look, if you've got a disease, look at people who've healed from that disease. Copy them. Who is their doctor? Who is their uh, coach, their mentor? What's their lifestyle? And that's it. <laughs> that's how you create trust. There's already amazing success out there in the world. You just have to look, open your eyes, look at the right places. Don't believe the mainstream media, unfortunately, as being gospel truth because it's designed to create money for a few people. <laughs> that's what it does. Mm. So a lot of the articles are um, there to hypnotize you into taking action, uh, but through fear, emotionally, which takes you off your right path. And ignore that stuff and just start learning from real people, people on the street, uh, everyday people, because that's where the real magic and real success lies in life and being happy. Yeah, I just, I really like that because um, there are so many people that I know that, I mean, there are even people who are in the middle of their journey and they've developed this incredible momentum for themselves. And you know, I may be Sean T, but I see them and yeah, they may have only lost like 17 pounds and they want to lose 50, but I see it and I'm inspired because they are in it, you know, and it's just really, it's really great to see. And I'm just letting people know out there, like if, you, if you're on that path and there's somebody, you know, that is feeling successful and getting healthier, they're, they're great accountability partners. So Thank you so much, Niraj. Uh, we are. I'm going to get that course started. I'm yes, 100% looking forward to it. Can you tell everyone where to get the course, even though we're going to put it in our show notes? Yeah. So our um, uh, website is somabreath.com. We have uh, various options on there. We have we have this new course now, Soma Breath Fit, which is for really for health and fo- focus on that. We have another course, which is a 21-day course, the Soma Awakening Protocol, and that's focused on intermittent hypoxic training protocol, which is something we didn't discuss yet, but it's using your breath to create strength and resilience to stress, and that's a deeper course. I recommend doing breath fit first to correct your breathing, which is just seven days, and then you have these lifelong habits, which you should keep for the rest of your life. Then you do our 21 days, and that takes you to a whole new level in your life in many different areas because it's uh, also about your spiritual health as well and it's about awakening your consciousness you know your super consciousness and then um, and, and that has more intense breathing techniques as well that's why I like people to get prepared first for that 
and then we have uh, instructor training. So we have instructor training, which can actually, uh, firstly, a lot of people just want to be able to go deeper in their awareness and knowledge of breath. So we have very, very popular instructor training courses uh, that goes very deep into all these areas that I've talked about. But then you can facilitate, you can help people, you can give back the things that have worked for you, you know, as a, as a qualified, certified instructor. So that's the, that's the different options. Um, somabreath.com, you can look it up. Uh, or you can just even Google Soma Breath, uh, Breath Fits, and you'll find it. And uh, take it from there. And we and also I'm, have a YouTube channel, lots of free stuff on there. And I'm doing the seven-day course. I'm starting with the seven-day. We're going to do the seven-day because I want to get you to correct that. And then once that's done... We will move, I'll put you on to the 21 days. I will start the course tomorrow and I will promise myself and you that if I wake up at 4 a.m., which I know I will, feeling good, I'm going to get out of bed and get my day started. Yes. You're going to get up and you're going to do the the morning routine that we set out and then you're going to go and crush it on the tennis court. <laughs> Niraj, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back in about a month for our follow up. Beautiful, brother. Love it. Awesome.